Welcome to Work Matters, a podcast where we explore what leaders can do to make work more meaningful, productive, valuable, and impactful. My name is Thomas Bertels. I'm the host of the podcast and the founder of PurposeWorks Consulting. My guest today is John Glasbow. John is the CEO of Anthos Therapeutics, a clinical stage biopharma company developing innovative therapies for high-risk cardiovascular patients. He's also an MIT advisor and a board member. Prior to Anthos, he worked as a senior executive at Baxalta, Baxter, Novartis, and Johnson & Johnson. I've had the pleasure of knowing John for the last 10 years, and I'm excited to have him on the podcast. John, welcome to the show. Thomas, thanks for the invite. I'm looking forward to it. So today our topic is the importance of collaboration uh, in building a successful, high-performance-driven uh, organization, high-performance-driven teams. Uh, and you spent you know, your entire career in the biopharmaceutical industry um, in a number of organizations, right, going from large global companies to, um, to startups right, and everything in between. Um, and team construction and membership is a critical success factor everywhere, but probably particularly in biopharma, right, where I think you really need to work um, cross-functional and, and uh, even in large companies cross-geography. Um, so, so in your view, what does it take to build a high-performing team? Well, I think the first thing I want to kick off with, Thomas, is to reinforce that biopharmaceuticals really is a team sport. That, that you know, the industry is so broad, the technical specialties are so deep that it has to be a team in order to create these things successfully. Um, and so, I, I think that's the first thing to say. I think the first thing when I'm setting out to think about you know, teams and being performance driven um, is the first thing to say is I'm very keen to make sure that um, that there's accountability and and empowerment. And the starting point to make sure we're clear about that is also what is the purpose? Because in today's world, especially as we think through different generations, purpose driven performance is is critically important if we're really going to make a success of what we do. People, you know, people are very focused on the impact they're having, and I think purpose-driven performance is critical. Um, I think I think about it in two ways, Thomas. When I think about what does it take to make that team a success to achieve accountability and empowerment, um, hardware and software. I think the industry as a whole has spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, getting the hardware right. We know what the key elements of the hardware are. You know, having the right leader making sure people are qualified, um, role clarity, uh, the right resources to get the job done, um, the rules of engagement, and making sure the communication is clear. And, you know, we have a lot of organizational design that focuses on those six elements. You know, during my time in industry, which unfortunately, as you say, is increasingly long, um, what I've really spent a lot of time thinking about is, is the software. If that hardware is the same, and especially for most organizations, you know, the structures we put in place, you know, are, are, are well deployed and pretty uniform, but teams perform differently. Uh, business units perform differently, you know, and, and, and my thinking is it's the software that makes a difference. And I see three components to software, um, which I, I sort of call Q3 is my, the way I think about it. IQ, we all know. And in our industry, um, IQ combined with people's qualifications and experience 
it is rarely an issue, but clearly there's, there's the IQ component. I think increasingly there's a wide recognition that EQ of how people then interact and, and the sensitivity, the focus on, on, on diversion and inclusion, the EQ part is, is really critically important. Again, however, though, I've seen where we've got leaders and teams with high IQ, great EQ, but there's a difference. And that's where I, I really think about collaboration and CQ. And, and the reason I think about that is back to that, what is it that's magical about a team? And what's magical about a team is they have to be dependent on each other and they have to be willing to collaborate um, in an open and productive manner. And so leadership and teams that are structured around the knowing that part of the purpose, if you will, is to collaborate with each other to make the whole better um, is a key component of optimal performance, I believe, in today's world. Why do you think it's so important? Why do you think collaboration uh, is, is so crucial? The reason I think collaboration is so crucial is back to that you have a common endpoint, which is patient access to a medication in the biopharmaceutical space. But the way to get, ensure that that patient has access is really very diverse. You've got multiple stakeholders that need to be um, satisfied that, in fact, that the product that you're bringing to market meets different criteria. There's the regulatory criteria. There's the criteria clinician wants. The patient themselves increasingly is the critical component. Um, and the, then the, the functional skill sets that you bring together to make sure that patient access is built into all the clinical plans um, means that you really have to operate between people and recognize that you can't optimize what I say is the vertical. You can't have the very best regulatory plan if we haven't taken into account what the payers are, are, are really requiring, because at the end of the day, that won't then enable patient access to the maximum extent that the product would probably be, you know, could be deserved to be if we take into account. So that requires people willing to trade off and, and collaborate to the best overall outcome versus optimizing their, their functional silo outcome. And, and the sort of way I think about that is drug development is a horizontal process. We go from the research through to the patient access. That's a horizontal process. Historically, companies have optimized each vertical without thinking through how do we optimize the horizontal. So, so what are the benefits you get from having, as an organization, right, a high CQ, a high collaboration quotient? You know, the, the way I see it... Um, If you've really focused on quality, I think the starting point is um, that you get you bring out the best in people because their relative contributions in a collaboration model, they recognize that they're there as the sort of key expert in that space, and they're there to collaborate with the other experts who are experts in their space, but together they're going to make a better product. Um, I think the other element, if people are relying on each other, working together with that common uh, purpose-driven performance aspect is speed. And I think as an industry, we almost sometimes say, oh, well, it takes 12 years for us to get from 
you know, A to B from the test tube to the patient that takes me 12 years. And it's almost, we give up on thinking through, well, hang on, the longer we take to develop this medicine, the more that unmet need sits out there, the more patients have not been, you know, had the benefit of that medication. I think speed and thinking about speed is really, really, really critical in every industry, especially ones with long life cycles. What can we do at each aspect to go faster? Um, the other thing that I think with companies with strong CQ is flexibility. Our industry is, you know, is always full of ups and downs. And, the, you know, I think a company that recognizes collaboration and that it's interdependent is able to, you know, take into account and cope with bumps more than the industry that thinks or the teams that think, well, this is a straightforward process. And But when something goes wrong, that I think teams without a good collaboration quotient actually struggle more than the team that's used, in, used to work in the problem as a group. Is, is there a downside to, to, you know, being a very collaborative organization? Well, I think, I think there's, two, there's two elements to that. I think the, the core element is, um, is a perception element. Um, and that depends on what type of collaboration we're talking about. Um, but I think the key, the key element is to the opposite of what I've said. Some people think that collaborating is slower than a highly directive structure where you set direction and people run out after it. And people say, well, that, you know, I perceive that a collaboration will actually take longer to get to me to the, to the right place versus a, a more directed organization. You know, my own view of that is um, that's a perceptual issue. And again, it suggests that someone knows there is a right and a wrong versus what is the pathway to get to that ultimate outcome. So I think there's a perception on that side. I think the other area there's a perceptual issue with collaboration is, and this is where the CQ originally came from, if I can control the resources and I can direct re the resources, everything will be will be better. Um, And I think in today's world, I think what we do realize, I believe anyway, is that the best may not always be internal. And that in fact, the ability to partner with the real specialists, the people that are cutting edge of each industry, each component uh, is likely to lead to a better product. Um, but what you give up on that is, is the control aspect of something that's a direct, a direct report. And again, there's that, There's that perceptual piece of a collaboration. Um, the other element that comes from that external innovation perspective of partnering with other companies is, is the perception of quality. If this is all internal to me, my organization, the quality must surely be superior than where I'm networking with best-in-class partners. Um, and yet, you know, the way I look at that is there are plenty of quality issues that come from fully integrated uh, companies. And again, I think it's the lack of uh, the lack of even internal collaboration that leads to some of these challenges. And I think the external piece is, is important. And then I would say in the final perceptual piece on that is the sort of surely the, the individuals, the people must be more committed to an organization if they're in that organization versus committed to a project if they're in these various external uh, interactions with the, with the company. Um, and I, I think 
the key to me is are people driven by the um, by the project and that purpose? And I think it doesn't matter if they're internal or external, if they're really purpose driven and they see their contribution is making a difference, that really, that really, really makes a difference. So to your, you know, the, the, that was a very long way to saying, I think people have a perception that collaboration is more difficult. They have a perception people are less committed. They have a perception it's slower. Um, my, my own view is that all those things are two sides of a coin. And in fact, a purpose-driven group um, that is, you know, is looking for that for that that outcome is in fact superior to a more command and control kind of environment. And the people that have the biggest challenge with that um, perception are the people that where command and control is is their raison d'etre or their historical piece. And I think the world is the world has changed. Yeah, I think you. I mean, especially on the biopharmaceutical side, right? You see um, that that really was more outsourcing being available, right? Companies can really grow quite successfully with external partners versus having to build all this in house, right? And you're obviously CEO of like a, a, a lean clinical stage company. How have you applied the CQ framework in, in, in practice? And I guess maybe more specific. But starting with talent, right? Um, you talked about like the qualified leaders in, in the hardware section, right? And we talked about this. How do you select for CQ? The way, you know, if we accept and we recognize, you know, CQs there, the way that I think about that is when I'm thinking and talking to people, first of all, is to say very clear what our business model is, that we believe that we can be, have the same quality as big pharma, um, but we can be more ca capital efficient and we can be faster in this hybrid externalized model, which is all about collaboration. Um, you know, Anthos has taken a, a product in phase one uh, and got ready for end of phase, uh, got ready for phase three in less than less than two years. And so speed uh, is important. But when I'm then to your point, talking to those people, sensing, being clear, this is our model, then two question how do they feel that their key partner be that in the clinical development space be that in the pkpd work be that in the manufacturing each of those space how do you feel that you don't control those resources that you're in fact you're driven on this mission to bring a very novel therapy to market efficiently as possible but you don't control them and during that interview process it becomes very clear whether someone's excited and motivated by that or whether I don't know if I can take responsibility if that person or that team or that function doesn't actually report to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it becomes quite clear as you talk, one, about the model, then two, specifically digging into basically people's comfort zones, whether that's something that excites them and motivates them or, in fact, makes them nervous based on a on a lack of control. And I think that's the balance that we that I see it's a continuum between control at one end and collaboration at the other end. Uh, and I think it's a forced dichotomy to say that you can't have a great outcome, but, but that's how I assess it. Is this only for small companies? No, it's, I, I personally don't believe it is. It is only for small companies. Um, and the reason I say that to you, you know, having worked at Nevada's and Johnson and Johnson, which is two of the world's biggest companies and working at, Anthos, which is one of the world's smallest companies, 
Um, I think collaboration is critically important, whether you're a J&J &J or whether you're an Anthos. Um, because of that cross-functional nature, yes, you may have, be able to have more internal resources in that large biopharmaceutical organization, but the way you still collaborate, I think, marks the difference between a successful team and a successful program, and one that's slower, more burdened, has trouble optimizing that mix between the payer requirement, the regulatory requirement, and the patient, patient desire. Um, so, you know, taking a step back and saying, if we believe patient-centered drug design is what we're trying to move for, if we recognize that it's a team of expertise that gets that done, collaboration is important across the biopharmaceutical industry. So, so what advice do you have for leaders that agree, right, and, and, and want to get started? Where, where, do you, where do you start? Where do you start building a more collaborative organization? I think the starting point for me is to get alignment and agreement, whatever stage your company's at, about what our purpose is as an organization. Um, because the, the key anchor for all of that piece is, right, is the uh, what are we actually looking to achieve? Once you've got that purpose-driven performance aligned and agreed internally, um, then you can use that to drive the culture of, what is the best way to achieve that um, in terms of quality, cost, and speed? And then thinking through, well, what then model makes the most sense? What are the best mix of resources to get that done? And whether that's collaborating with external companies or collaborating internally, you start to drive that piece that this is a collaboration and, it, and, it, and that is the most important component. And then you can start to obviously, you know, recruit and engage staff that that buy into that that process to get that done in a in a very collaborative model, if you will. Fantastic, John. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today and sharing your thoughts on collaboration and and the importance in, in building effective teams. And uh, uh, for our listeners, if you're interested in some of the other topics in the Work Matters podcast series. Please check it out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks. Thank you for your time today, Thomas. Thanks, John.